and to try to help us grow. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 says, Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know, verse 3 goes on to say, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. I'm going to switch microphones. Father, we thank you for your word. It is alive and powerful. And I know, God, that you have assigned to it today, attached to it, a purpose and a plan. And that is to change us. I pray, God, that what you have attached to your word would be accomplished. Let your purpose be done. Let us be changed by your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Come on, if you want to see change in your life by the word of God, just say amen. We continue in a, in, a, in a series that I have entitled, The Invitation. I began to look and see in Scripture several times God or the Lord Jesus inviting and saying, Come. It led me to dig into the Scripture and I found that there are also men of God who offer an invitation from God. Basically what I found that the book that I hold in my hand today is a book of invitations. It starts in Genesis and it runs all the way through Revelation. The very first invitation, for instance, is found in Genesis 7 and, and verse number 1. The Lord said to Noah, the Lord invited Noah, come into the ark, you and your whole household. I've seen your righteousness. I hope you understand today that God sees everything. Your righteousness or maybe your lack thereof. God sees everything, young people. Kids, hear me today. God sees everything. He knows when we're doing right or when we're doing wrong. And God wants to help us to do right. How many believe God wants to help you to do right today? I believe that. That's the first invitation, an invitation to safety, an invitation to survival, an invitation to be saved, and not just you, but your whole household. It runs the gamut throughout Scripture. I can't, I can't do all of the invitations that I found. I'm, I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit would lead me to the particular invitations that this church should hear. The very last one that I found, however, I'll God willing, I will preach this in weeks to come. It's in Revelation chapter 22. Just listen. In, in verse number 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. <laughs> and let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Here we find the very last invitation in the Bible is an invitation to life. Eternal life. Unending life. And freedom while we're walking the earth. 
The particular invitation that we look at today is, is not from God's mouth uh, directly, but it's from a prophet of God or a man of God. Please understand today, church, God speaks in a variety of ways. I asked the first service if anybody had ever heard the audible voice of God. I'll ask it again. Has anybody ever heard God's voice? There were several people in the first service that said they heard a voice that they believed to be God's voice. I have never heard the audible voice of God, and I'll say this, I'm not praying that I do. I don't care if I do, because I have God's voice through God's word. If God desires to speak to me in an audible way while I'm here on earth, that's God's business, and I'll gladly listen. But I know that on one day, I'm going to hear the voice of God every day of my life, and I'll see the face of God, and I'll be able to bow my knee to the throne of God. So I don't care if God speaks to me audibly while I'm here on earth. I just care that God speaks to me. Oh, come on, somebody could have really gotten in right there. I even allowed a dramatic pause. I said, I'm just glad that God speaks to me. Amen. Here, God is speaking, but he's using a man of God to be his voice. It's Hosea. What a great prophet, Hosea. What a great book, by the way. It, it, it's prompted me to dig into it uh, altogether again. I, I haven't read it for a while, and so it's, it's drawn me in. And I encourage you, get into it. Beyond these three verses in chapter 6, maybe just take the time this week to read Hosea again and let God speak to you. Hosea is calling the people to return to the Lord. The call that comes from God through God's man is a call for revival. It's a call for national revival, but please understand national revival starts with personal revival. When I say the word revival, it takes me back to my childhood when we used to have revival meetings. Anybody remember having a week of revival? We'd just call it revival. We'd schedule it as revival. And it was a series of meetings. You would usually bring in a, a guest speaker and, and, and uh, an evangelist, and, and people would, would, would get revived, I, I guess. We don't talk about revival quite like this anymore. I don't really know that this is what the, the kind of revival uh, that this scripture is talking about. I'll get to that in a moment. But it is a call from God to be revived. And I believe our nation needs revival and reviving. How many would say, Pastor, I think the United States needs revival, maybe more now than, it's ever, than she's ever needed it? How many are actually praying that God would revive this great nation that we live in? How many are praying for who you're going to vote for, not if you're going to vote? And I'm not trying to steer you in any direction. I just believe that every person who can vote should vote. Because men and women have spilled their blood and even given their lives so that we could stand and have freedom as Americans to vote. Get to the polls and vote. That's all I'll say about that. Let's look closely at this invitation from God through God's mouthpiece. It's a call from God. 
It's a call to return, first of all. Look back at our text, verse number one. Come, let us return. Let us return to the Lord. Return suggests two things here. First of all, return suggests that they had been to this place before. Because you can't return to some place you've never been. How many are with me so far? Return tells us they've been there before. This was a better place than where they were now. A place of communion with God. A place of fellowship with God. A place of God speaking to you and you speaking to God. Return suggested another thing to me. Not only had they been there before, return suggests they're not there now. They'd walked away. They had wandered away. They had defiantly turned away. They were enticed away. They were drawn away. Whatever the reason for them being away, the simple truth is they were away from the Lord because the invitation and the call is to return to the Lord. So many people in the world we live in today, that's, that's their life. They're no longer with the Lord. They were at one time. But somehow, some way, they had wandered away from the Lord. I want to make this clear to La Palma Christian Center and to all the guests who may be here today how I believe and how this church believes, which is how our denomination believes, the Assemblies of God. Some want to believe that once you find Christ and you are saved, that you're saved forever. You're always saved. You ever heard once saved, always saved? We don't believe that here. I don't believe that here. I, I'll say it like this. I don't believe that, and this church doesn't believe it. The leadership of this church doesn't believe that. I'm not speaking for every person who attends here, but I want to make it very clear what our stance is as leadership. And I believe it's supported by this scripture and many other scriptures for that matter. Once you are... Once you find the Lord and you accept the Lord, you've got to stay in the Lord. You've got to stay connected to the Lord. Now, the Bible says, you know, he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, but how about that other person leaving him and forsaking him? There's that matter that needs to be discussed. So I believe that a person can, in fact, Stray from the Lord, wander from the Lord, walk away from the Lord, turn their back on the Lord. And he says, come on back. Just come and return to me. That's the first call and the first part of this invitation. Can you remember a time in your walk when it was a closer walk? We used to sing a song growing up, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Remember that, Miss Bonnie? Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. 
Do you remember a time when you were closer to the Lord? Do you remember a time when the joy of the Lord seemed more real and more evident in your life? I wonder if there was a time when, when prayer was more passionate, when church service was more exciting, a time when you cared more for souls than you care about them now. You see, these believers had left their first love. Reminded me of the church in Revelation chapter 2, verse number 2. Jesus said, I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience and that you cannot bear those who are evil. He listed a good many things, actually. You've tested those who say they are apostles and they're not. You found them out to be liars. God knew all that. Jesus said, I saw all that. You have persevered. You have been patient. And you've labored for my name's sake and not become weary. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Let's just take all the rest of that off, right? Let's just stop at two and three. That's all good stuff. But there's a nevertheless. Hmm. Nevertheless, verse four says, I have this against you. You've left your first love. Wow. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly, removing your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. I wonder how many Christ followers are simply going through the motions. They're doing some good things. No question, no doubt about it. It can't be disputed. It can't be denied. But yet, lost their first love. Lost that passion and zeal. Do you remember when you were saved? Do you remember before you were saved? He said, remember from where you fell. Remember that. And then repent. Remember, repent, and return. This invitation is not only a call to return, it's a call to repair. Look at verse 1 again. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn, but he will heal us. He is stricken, but he will bind us up. Now, I'll leave it to you perhaps this afternoon as you are going through Hosea, you've got to stop by chapter 5. I don't have the time this morning to really unpack this for you. I'm going to leave it to you. But you will understand just how far they have strayed from the Lord and how they've taken matters into their own hands. For instance, chapter 5 and verse number 4, they do not direct their deeds toward turning to their God. For the spirit of harlotry or prostitution is in their midst, and they don't even know the Lord anymore. Powerful, strong words of turning from God. And it, it goes on to say in verse uh, uh, number 6 of chapter 5, they, they go to seek the Lord, but they won't find him because he's withdrawn himself from, him, uh, from them. In other words, they're just going through the motions. They're going to church, but they're not finding God. How many people are just going to church and they never even find God? I don't want it to be said at La Palma Christian Center. Listen, you may not dig everything that's going on here. You may not understand how we do what we do and how we roll here. But I hope at the end of the day and when you leave our parking lot, you can say God was there. 
You may not like me getting up and shouting and jumping and I holler in the mic and I know that. And Leslie gets up here and dances and Mike gets over here and dances and Claudia's jumping around all over the platform. I understand. But can we get a hold of God and let God get a hold of us and let, let us be changed because of his presence? That's the bottom line for me. These people had wandered from God. And when you are away from the Lord, he's calling, return to me. Come back to where you belong. When you're away from the Lord, you're fair game. When you're away from the Lord, you will be wounded. You could just mark that down. Because it's the truth. If you're away from the Lord, you are going to be wounded. You're going to be wounded by the enemy. Because the enemy comes only exclusively, strictly to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes only but to kill, steal, and destroy. You better mark it down. You better warn yourself. You better remind yourself. If you're away from the Lord, you're going to be wounded by the enemy. He delights in it. He can hardly wait to do it. And just about the time you've taken a few steps from God and then you stumble and you fall, that's when he pounces because he's like a roaring lion, right? Seeking whom he may devour. So you're going to be wounded by the, by the enemy. You're going to be wounded by the world. If you're going to dance with the world, you're going to be wounded by the world. That's all there is to it. Anybody watch Dancing with the Stars? You don't have to raise your hand. Joe proudly raises that hand. I love you. And he's busting out his mom. My mom does, he said. God bless you, Karen. I hope you enjoy it. I don't, that's all right. I'm not getting on Dancing with the Stars. Hear my point. I can hardly believe how many people get injured just trying to learn how to dance. It's, it's aggressive. I mean, they're, they're popping their Achilles tendons, and somebody got a ruptured di uh, disc in the neck the other day, I guess. And it's crazy. All they're trying to do is dance. Let me tell you something. You start dancing with the world, you are going to be wounded by the world. The, the world is, is wooing. The world is drawing. The world is enticing. And all of us are very susceptible to that. I mean, the devil, we're all like, Psh, you know, that's so obvious. I'm not going to go out with the devil. Well, you didn't know he had a, a disguise on, did you? But the world, boy. And so many people doing it, I think I'll dance a little bit. And we go out and we dance with the world and we partake of the worldly things. You're going to be wounded by the world because the world doesn't have any good for you. They're going to use you and abuse you and throw you to the curb. How about this? We'll be wounded by people. You ever been wounded by a person? Probably this is where most wounds come from. You ever been wounded by somebody you loved and you thought they loved you? You ever been wounded by somebody in the church? Some of y'all been wounded by me. I said it. I don't want to wound you. But I know sometimes we wound one another. Because we're not in our glorified bodies. 
We'll be wounded by the devil. We'll be wounded by the world. We'll be wounded by people. You better, you better sit back for this one. How about wounded by God? Do you believe that God could wound you? Some people don't believe that. Some people said, no, you've crossed a line there. That's not my God. My God's just a God of love. He is a God of love. But I'm just trying to preach this out of the, out of the, the word right here. It says, he has torn. He has stricken. You see, God got so fed up with the people in chapter 5. It says uh, in verse number 14, I, I'm going to become like a lion. Like a young lion to the house of Judah, I, even I, will tear them up. And then I'm going to go away. Mm -hmm. I believe sometimes the wounds do come from God. Because I believe that God chastens those that he loves. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't be discouraged when you are rebuked by the Lord. For whoever the Lord loves, he chastens. And he scourges every son whom he receives. Return to the Lord and let him repair the wounds. The real wounds. The actual hurts. Let him do what only he can do. This call is a call to return. This call is a call to repair. This invitation is a call to revival. Hosea 2, 6, 2. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. I want you to notice the order of the steps here. Step one is returning. Because God can't do the repair if you're not with God. As long as you're away from God and won't return to Him, the wounds are going to get worse. When you return, that step one, step two happens, which is repair. God immediately begins the healing process and the repairing. And after the repair, there will be a reviving, a revival. But it's not like when I was in West Terre Haute and we had revival meetings. It's really not like that. The revival that I see here is more of a restoring. A restoration happens. Restoration back to your position and back to your place. That's revival. You were away from the Lord. You returned and he began to repair and now he's reviving some things. He's restoring your position and your place. Rest, uh, revival is not just restoring, it's also refreshing. Isn't it nice? If you've, ever, if you've ever been away from the Lord and you finally came back to the Lord, you got into the house of God and you responded, you just feel refreshed. After all of these wounds, we get a little bit jaded sometimes. God wants to refresh your spirit. He wants to revive that. So it's not always scrutinizing everything. It's trusting God again 
and, and, and daring to love others, even those who maybe hurt you. That's revival right there, folks. A refreshing of your spirit, a restoring of your position, a renewing. I love this part about God. No matter how far a person wanders or strays from God, when they return, and after he does that repair, part of the revival process is renewal. And God just pushes the reset button. You see, because when God forgives, God forgets. And as far as the west is from the east, so far the Lord has removed our transgressions from us and cast our sins into the depths of the ocean. He pushes the reset button, folks, and starts us over. I'm so glad that the God that I serve is a God of not only second chances, but third and fourth chances and 15th and 16th chances and 107 and 108 chances. Hallelujah. How many are thankful today that God will start something new and there's new beginnings with our God. There's renewal and there's the reset button with our God. Hallelujah, it's never too late. Just return to God. He'll repair those wounds. He'll restore you and refresh you and revive you back to your place. Hallelujah. But what is revival really talking about? Here's the real crux of this, I, I believe. Because it says that he will, on the third day, raise him up. You see, I believe that Anybody who is away from the Lord, follow me. The Lord is life. So the opposite of the Lord, then, is death. And anybody who is away from the Lord actually is abiding and living and dwelling in death. And they're simply like dead men walking. They're just walking on earth, abiding in death, waiting for their eternal damnation. John chapter 5, verse number 24. Jesus said, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, the Father God, they have everlasting life. And shall not come into judgment, but have passed, watch, from death into life. The revival that I believe Hosea is speaking of here is that reviving from death back to life. It's as though when you return to the Lord and the repair happens, then there's this revival. It's almost like God puts the paddles on your chest and says, clear, and boom, and revives you, resuscitates you back to a place of living. After three days, isn't that interesting right there? How many, how many, I don't want to read too much into this, but I, I just want to remind you how many days Jesus was in the grave and how many days Jesus was dead. And then on the third day, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But I want somebody to know that when you return to the Lord, He wants to revive you back to living. This revival is twofold. It's reviving you to life, resuscitating you. It's like God giving you mouth to mouth. You were dead. You were away from the Lord. You come back and God breathes life into you again. So it's reviving you to life, but it's also reviving you to a lifestyle. 
Bring up Hosea chapter 2 again, uh, ch uh, chapter 6, verse 2. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he'll raise us up that we may live in his sight. What I'm trying to say here is we're, we're with the Lord and then uh, say we wandered from the Lord. The call is to come back to the Lord. So we come back and we're refreshed and revitalized and, and resuscitated and we're living again. And then we just walk away again. Because we like dancing with the world. That's not what this revival is all about. So we can just keep going back and forth from life to death, from life to death, from life to death. He calls us back to him and says, return to me so that I can repair you and I can heal all of these wounds. And I can revive you and breathe new life into you that you might live this way. God doesn't want us in and out. God wants us in. And will help us. To stay in. Somebody say stay in. Come on, look at your neighbor. Elbow your neighbor. Tell him, say stay in. Stay in. Come on, push somebody a little bit. Say stay in. Stay in. Six people just got awakened from their slumber. Let me, let me close it. Let me close. Let me close. This invitation is a great, great invitation. It's a call to return. It's a call to repair. It's a call to be revived. But watch this. It's a call for rain. Come on, if you're taking notes, take them all the way to the end. This is some of the best stuff of the whole sermon right here. A call for rain. Verse number three. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established just like the morning. And He will come to us like the rain. Like the latter and former rain to the earth. Wow. The rain that is coming is threefold. A rain of knowledge, first of all. And when we have the knowledge of the Lord, we will live to, to please the Lord. The knowledge of the Lord comes from the word of the Lord. Oh, that we would be saturated with knowledge of righteousness and holiness. It's part of the problem, church. We don't have the knowledge of the Lord. And so we live the way of the world or the way of our flesh. But when God sends this knowledge, oh, that we would know. And it just rains down on us. The knowledge of what to do and what not to do. Those away from the Lord live according to their own knowledge, to their own precepts. Verse number 11 of chapter 5 says that his people willingly walked in their own human precepts. You're not going to get very far with your own knowledge and your own way of thinking and your own understanding of how life should be. We live according to the Word of God. And so I pray that the knowledge of God would rain down on us. This rain is not just knowledge because... You know what they say, knowledge is power. That's right. 
And so when we get the reign of knowledge, we are also going to get a reign of power from God. Hallelujah. When we receive and understand the knowledge of the Lord, it unlocks a realm of God's power, His saving power, His keeping power, His healing power, His delivering power, His wonder-working power, the power of His name, the power in His blood, the power of His Word, and the power of His Holy Spirit. Is anybody ready for a reign of God's power in your life and in this place? Let it rain. Thirdly, it's a reign of his presence because if you will just bring up chapter 6 and verse 3, just that last part, if you don't mind. Look, it says, He will come to us like the rain. Just his very presence coming to us like the rain, saturating every part of our being. How will he do this? I believe he does it by his spirit, the Holy Spirit. That is his presence to us today. And that is his present to us. His gift is his presence. You ready for the rain? You know, when you get caught in the rain, everything gets wet, doesn't it? That's what God desires. Don't put your umbrella up. Don't, don't put your raincoat on. Every head bowed in this room. If you're here today and you've never even been to the Lord, so you can't really return, why don't you come to find Him now? Come to the Lord. Come to Christ. Give Him your heart and your life. You'll never be the same. Is there anybody here who wants to surrender your life to Christ for the very first time? Let me see your hand. We've had some recommitments and hearts have been open. This is a call for someone who's really never found Christ. Is there anyone? The second call of this invitation this altar invitation. I, I, I want to pray for anybody today that would like the reign of God's knowledge, the reign of His power, and the reign of His presence in your life. I want to pray for you. So, ushers, I want you to move these altars off to the side, please. Everyone standing. And if you want that reign of God, I want to invite you to the front area of the church as quickly as possible. Let's pray for rain today, church. The reign of His presence. The reign of His spirit. The reign of His love and His power. Come on, church, move from where you are. I can't imagine anybody not wanting God's reign and God's presence on your life. I can't imagine anybody being satisfied. Hallelujah. Rain down. Holy Spirit, rain down. Holy Spirit,
just pray for all the children. Kids, I want you to lift up your hands right where you are, all the children. Come on, Mom and Dad. Lay your hand on that child right now and ask for God's Spirit to reign on them. Every young person, every child, every girl and boy, rain your Spirit down, God. students, all the teenagers, where are the teenagers? Come on, I want you right here in the middle. We prayed for the young people, the teenagers. I want you right in front of the pulpit. Pastor Dave, gather up your edge youth and get them over here real quick. Let me pray for all the teenagers. Come on. Early 20s, right there. Teenagers are early 20s. Yeah, pray, get up here, buddy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God has an unbelievable plan for your life. An unbelievable plan for your life. But you must stay completely saturated with God. And you've got to stay connected to God. being drawn and enticed and wooed by the world and by your own by your own heart by your own flesh we got three battles that we fight the enemy that's you know that it's obvious the world that's not so obvious and then our own hearts our own flesh we got to fight that that's tough that's tough for the most seasoned uh, christian in the room right? Imagine teenagers today. Can you imagine? It's a different world than we lived in. But see, we want you to hear this. We believe in you so much. We know you can make it. I believe you're going to do things none of us ever even dreamed of, should the Lord tarry. I believe God will inspire in you creativity to reach the world and to evangelize the world that nobody has ever thought of yet. I believe that. Lift your hands, young people. Come on. There's a, there's a storm brewing, but don't be afraid of it. There's some rain coming. Don't worry about getting your umbrella. Hallelujah. God, send your rain on these young people, on these teenagers today, these early 20s, these preteens, God, that have gathered here. Hallelujah. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Come on, Mom and Dad. Help me. Help me. There's an urgency right here with these young people. Come here, Pastor Dave, take this microphone and pray a prayer down. Hallelujah. Oh. Father God, we just lift these teenagers to you, Father God. Lord, I pray that the perfect plan that you have for them, God, I pray that you would show them, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that they would be so full of you, oh God, that there's, there's no room for them, Father. Fill them today, oh God, overflowing with your spirit. Fill them with your power, oh God. Lord, fill them with your favor, God. Open doors for them that they may change hearts and lives for your kingdom's sake, oh God. Protect them, Father, from the schemes and the snares of the enemy, God. Set their feet on the path that you have for them today, oh God. Fill them today, Holy Spirit. Fill them today. Rain on us. We've got to be saturated, folks. Saturated. 
I miss the rain sometimes. Did I already say this, Karen, in this service, or did I say it in the first service? Sometimes they bleed together for me. A few years ago, there's a good rain that came through. And one of the kids looked out the window and said, Dad, come quick. There's a lake outside. The debris from the, the leaves and the branches had washed to the, uh, to the drain and actually covered the drain to where it was clogged. And boy, the waters just started rising. It was clear up to my knees by the time I went to unclog it. Seriously, that's pretty deep. In our parking lot, it seriously looked like a, a lake. So I was like, at first I was like, oh, I don't want to, it was freezing cold rain, you know, and I was already warm and cozy, and I really didn't want to get out in it. But once I was out in it, because it was still pouring rain, pouring, I was just immediately drenched. Then I look, there's the whole family. They all came out. And before we unclogged the drain, we started running through the, through the water and splashing each other. And, and we were just, we're already soaked anyway. Completely saturated by the rain. Let me tell you what happens when it rains now. We go get a towel and put it over the drain so it'll clog and we can go out and play in the rain. Don't we? That's what our family does when it starts raining good and hard. Somebody say, go get the towel. We'll put it over it, and then over time it starts filling up. We go out and play in the rain, and we get wet. I believe God wants us so wet with his presence and with his power and with his knowledge, with his Holy Spirit, saturating, drenching every part of our life. Hallelujah. Let it rain, God. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Ah, rain on our hearts. Rain on the dry places, God. Rain on our marriages. Rain on our families. Rain on this place, God. Rain on the tongue of Christians. Let it rain. Let it rain. Get out in God's rain get all wet get all wet it's alright completely saturated there's your word for today church simple but I believe profound a call an invitation from God to return to him amen amen Floyd it's so good to see you up and around and healthy. Can I invite you to come and just dismiss us in prayer? Church, I want you to love on somebody's neck before you get out of here. Don't forget your life groups. Amen.
Thank you.